WrestleMania to me is everything. WrestleMania is called the granddaddy of them all. And you stand on the grandest stage of them all. It's that time of year when you're on the card at WrestleMania that you stand before millions of people and you stand before your peers and it lets people know that you mean something. That's the World Series of Wrestling. It's like the Olympic Games, the gold medal match. It's a tournament of all tournaments. So many great events, so many great matches. The very first WrestleMania, I watched it on TV and I had goosebumps then, just as I've had every single WrestleMania. I've had the privilege and honor of working at it. WrestleMania 3 had 93,000 people in the Pontiac Silverdome. When I got Andre the Giant over my head and I body slammed him, the wrestling world stood in awe. WrestleMania, it's fever, man. There's really that X factor and an intangible I can't explain. You just have to feel it. It's an adrenaline rush that you, you really can't describe what it is to be inside that ring. Now there's no feeling that can be like that in the world. It's a time to shine and to take that spotlight and make it mean something. Tonight, on the biggest stage of all time, this is my biggest chance to make my mark in history. WrestleMania to me is the culmination of all my hard work, all my dedication, all my sacrifice to simply be the absolute best the industry has ever, ever seen. It's the most important match of my life. It's something that I've lived for for the last 30-something years. My favorite WrestleMania moment has yet to be seen. This match, this event means everything to me. WrestleMania 19, featuring the greatest live performance in WrestleMania history. Now breathe in and breathe out. Hands up or hands down. Back up. Back up. Tell me what you're going to do now. Actually, yeah, if you're the Undertaker. This WrestleMania features Crack Addict. Yes. A song that was never on an album. Well, they may have released it at some point. I don't know. Anyway, I remember they released it on their MySpace. Oh, okay. Oops. I don't know. It was one of those songs. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, Limp Bizkit recently, well, fairly recently, got signed by Young Money, so they were rolling around with Lil Wayne. Okay. Yeah. I found that out by watching YouTube. Yay, YouTube. All right. WrestleMania 19. WrestleMania starts off almost like WrestleMania 18. I think they stole. Well, you know, they just said, fuck it. We'll copy and paste last year's uh, intro. Because Jesus Christ. They had words verbatim. 
Well, if you look at down the card, there are several matches that were kind of similar. Yeah, I guess. This is the we don't give a fuck WrestleMania. Uh, just give us your money. Well, I think that's maybe what the company's perception is, but the matches themselves, I actually, I really like this show. Oh, yeah. All right, so they're saying how big WrestleMania is, and being on the card is a privilege. Hogan and Rock both said the identical thing from the previous WrestleMania uh, intro package from the year before. A lot of the same old footage is used. The audio was really messed up for the voices. Some were louder and some were really quiet. It was really weird. Nothing about the card is even shown. Like I said, I think they just copy and paste it into like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. I mean, probably, maybe. This, I mean, a lot has changed in this past year. True. It's... We, we we had the invasion, and the invasion ended. Well, no, actually, no, I guess no, that, no, was, that was two years ago. Now that was two years ago, but this is the first year of the brand split. Yes. And not only that, we have two announced teams. Yes, we do. We have... Okay. And we also have uh, the Cruiserweight Championship, which is something that wasn't around last year. I mean, there's a lot of changes. Yeah. 2003 was an exciting year for the WWE. They have Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar showed up. Bork Laser was there? Bork Laser in in the flesh. And also, I will say that this is the first WrestleMania that they held inside a stadium in, in several years. I get, I, I mean, like, I, I don't think technically the Sky Dome counts. I think it does. That's a huge, huge, huge. I mean, it's a, it's a big place, but like, this is like an open air stadium. They didn't really do that. Yeah, they're, yeah, I didn't mention where they were. They are in Safeco Field in Seattle, Washington. Yeah, it looked cool. I really like the outdoor. I really like the outdoor WrestleManias. Yeah. I just keep I'm, waiting I'm gl- for, like, severe weather or, like, a downpour during, like, one of the events. Well, they did actually, when they had one of the WrestleManias in New York, I think it was during Rock Cena 1. Maybe it was Rock Cena 2. Hmm. It was one of the it was one of the more recent ones at WrestleMania in New York. It was raining during that match. Oh, wow. Wow. I'll have to look so, for it when we, when we review it. I will also say that this WrestleMania also has the debut of John Cena, but you will not see it on the uh, DVD version oh. or the network version. He was supposed to do a wrap-off with a rapper, and then the rapper no-showed. And so he just freestyled in front of the crowd, and then he said, well... Doesn't matter that I'm not on the co- on the official card this year. Next year, I'm going to be main eventing. <laughs> Wasn't it supposed to be like only Puff Daddy or two. something? Huh? Wasn't it supposed to be like Puff Daddy or someone big? It was. Uh, it was somebody big, but it wasn't like Puff Daddy because Sean uh, has too much money for that. Would charge too much money. He would be like, "I need a billion. Yeah, <laughs> and I need a billion Vince now. Like, in a billion, it's like, done." And Vince is like, I don't have that. Well, too bad. Yes. So, Limp Biscuit's Crack Attic is this theme of this year's WrestleMania. Jim Ross and King welcome us to WrestleMania. JR says it's his 10th Mania. Alrighty, 10 years. Yes, and we saw the first one where he had to dress in a toga. Yes. 
Go back and watch that or listen to that review. The brand split is in effect. Michael Cole and Taz are the commentary for SmackDown. So I don't like Michael Cole. However, I will say that his partnership with Taz is excellent. Oh, no, yeah. I think this was the best time we had. Uh, I think he was great. They, they made a great team. Yes. So we start off the card with the Cruiserweight Championship. Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Matt Hardy, who is the champion, with Shannon Moore. Matt Hardy is now a single star. He is uh he is now a Mattitude. Well and we he's the... he's not just Matt Hardy, he's Matt Hardy versus one. Yeah. Uh, did they get that yeah, I think you're right, they did. So we get the uh Windows Media Player intro, which is hilarious by today's standards because Speed's a thing. Uh, but yeah. Shannon Moore tries to attack Ray before the match, but the bell rings. Ray hits a corkscrew moonsault on Hardy, who is still on the outside. Taz calls Shannon Moore a little MFer, a Mattitude follower. Yeah, there's a lot of innuendo match by yeah, Taz. I, should, I think we should also point out that Ray Mysterio is dressed up as Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> cool. That's not a good movie, but Rey Mysterio for several years was known for dressing up as yes, comic, book, comic characters. book characters. Yep. I remember. And I think next year is going to be the Flash. I think he's the Flash. So one year he was Captain America. Yeah, I remember Captain America. I remember the Flash. I remember there's this one man. Maybe it was uh, Summer. No, it was. I think it was WrestleMania 20 because he had problems with his costume and it really effed up the match. I think mm. it is WrestleMania 20. Anyway. Uh, Moore chokes Ray on the ropes. Hardy then tries for a twist of fate, but Ray rolls up for Hardy for a two count. Hardy hits a side effect for a two. Matt Hardy misses Ray and goes for shoulder first into the turnbuckle, a spot that has not died, that is heavily used in 2019. Uh, Ray hits a flying leg scissors and a spinning DDT on for a two. On Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's set up for the 619, but Shannon Moore trips Ray and allows Matt Hardy to hit the twist of fate, but he only gets a two. Ray is then placed on the top rope. He tries for a super outsider's edge, but Ray turns into a hurricanrana and places Matt's, uh, more than places Matt's foot on the bottom rope to stop the count, but Ray is able to hit the 619. And Taz says this several times as Ray tries. Uh, as he tries hitting the 619, wine me, dine me, and 619 me. This was something that, thankfully, never caught on. I He said it like three times. <laughs> I'm like, no, Taz, just no. Well, he really liked making jokes about how Matt Hardy and Shannon Moore were gay. Yes, his little MFR and, and this. And, uh, he's, he's doing lots of BJs, banana juice. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's it's like it didn't age, that portion didn't no, age well. No, that did well. not age well at all. But God, just imagine the t-shirts. If wine me, dine me, six one nine me became that caught on, or just got pushed by the company. Well, Ray would never have been world champion. Oh God, just awful. 
Ray tries for a West Coast pop, but Hardy ducks, and Ray ends up on Matt Hardy or on Hardy's shoulders. Matt rolls up Ray and grabs the bottom rope for leverage and pins Ray Mysterio. So, still champion, Matt Hardy. What do you think of this opening match? I thought it was really good. It was just too short. I think if they had gone on for another five minutes, it would have been much better. Maybe. I, I think Matt has a limited moveset. And they kind of used it all up. And then, like, you know, with, with Matt, you know, Shannon Moore. I'm surprised Shannon Moore didn't get more involved or, like, you know, didn't get 619 or, or, you know, splashed or something to take him out of the match. You know, but then, like, hey, during that, Hardy could take control and, like, you know, hit a twist of fate and then, boom, shoulder, you know, bin. Yeah, and it was too bad that Matt Hardy didn't get to hit the Niagara driver here. He tried to. That was the what you were calling the super outsider's edge. Oh, is that what that was? Okay. Well, it has, it has several names. It's either called Splash Mountain or Ni- or the Niagara driver. It was popularized in Japan by Aja Kong. Uh, I really like the match, though. That was fast-paced. And, um, and, you know, just a good... Like, WrestleMania's had a good couple openers the last couple years. Like, just... Nice, nice matches. Definitely. It's too bad we didn't get William Regal, though, for a third year in a row. That is true. All right. We go to the back. And Limo arrives. And has a Bud Light logo on it. And the cat No, a Miller. No, the Miller Light Cat Fight Girls. Oh, my bad. I put Bud Light. And the cat I girls. mean, it's, sh- it's shitty beer regardless. Yes. However, we should be we should be accurate. Yes, that is true. Yeah, the cat girl sign on it and two women start arguing over stone cold versus the rock or mcmahon versus hogan and then they just walk away hey what's this that's a, it's a limo thanks Catfight girls really dig, you know, Taz. How'd you hear that? I uh, just made it up. So I didn't know what this was. So I actually just listened to a, uh, I was I listened to a podcast called uh, Business Wars, and they actually went over the, the, uh, Anheuser Busch versus Miller Brewing, like history of them like fighting each other, and they actually talked about the Catfight girls commercial, and they were like less filling great taste and i was like oh i get it now that's their hook yes and then they would end up doing these ridiculous cat fight things where clothes clothing was removed and stuff like that and it was just really gross yes we'll get there so well, no i mean that's what's what was in the commercials i uh, yeah I, 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 I just i remember these fairly vividly because uh, if you watched any sort of football at the time, um, my house watched a lot of Patriot Patriots games at the time. Um, With Drew Bledsoe, was, was a common occurrence. Yeah, I gotcha. I don't recall this, but yeah, you're lucky. Nathan Jones was laid out by El- Big Show and Elbert on Heat. 
I remember this. Nathan Jones was just going to be this huge, huge star. And then he couldn't work. He was brought up on TV. He looked impressive. And he couldn't work a lick. And here's the thing. He's working with Undertaker, Matt Bloom, and The Big Show. Yes. Three totally safe people, especially at this time. And they still didn't want to put him in. No, they went to Undertaker's house and practiced the match for an entire week. And they couldn't get him to do it correctly. So that's why they knocked him out. Oh, no. Yes. I didn't know that part. I just knew that he sucked. Well, yeah, yes. But yeah. And then they went to Australia and he's like, thanks, peace. Peace out, guys. I'm gone. He was probably hoping that World Wrestling All-Stars was going on because he was main eventing their show. Oh, God. Before he got signed. Yeah. I like World Wrestling All-Stars. I don't know how I got a tape of the second ma- the pay-per-view that was held in America, but man, I love that thing. Uh, yeah, no. I, the one that he made invented, I think he was fighting Scott Steiner, so imagine how well that went. Oh, minus five stars. <laughs> so, Limp Biscuit's introduced, and they play Roland, and it was a lot better than the saliva, but it wasn't that great. Undertaker then drives out his motorcycle down to the ring. He has an American flag on the back of it. Obviously, we're now in the thick of um, the Iraq American War. Badass. So, yeah, and they, uh, it's kind of weird because, like, Jim Ross is like, yeah, all the American troops, uh, the military watching. You guys are kicking ass and taking names, and we love you. WWE loves you. So, and you'll be home soon. <laughs> uh, no, you won't. Uh, handicap match now. So Nathan Jones is knocked out and they're like, fuck it, handicap match. So it's Undertaker versus Big Show and A-Train. So because Jason Jones was attacked in the match, it's now a handicap match. The streak is now a thing. And Mega Cole says that the Undertaker streak is in serious jeopardy. So pretty much every year, no one's cared about the streak or really even paid attention to it. Like, we all knew, like, okay, there's something, you know, there's a win streak. But, you know, there was never... It was never brought into the, you know, it was like, oh, hey, Undertaker's 9-0. Oh, hey, now he's 10-0. Oh, great. You know, whatever it was. You know, but now it seems like, oh, hey, we got, we got something here. So now they're going to well, make it into the match. I don't know. I've heard various reasons for why this actually happened. Somebody was saying that um, around this time they had a... Um, an, an article on Pro Wrestling Illustrated that talked about like the most dominating performances in WrestleMania history, and because Undertaker had never lost, he was number one, and he was directly he was dre- directly above Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin. And Vince saw that, and he was like, "Oh, well, that's weird." I never, I like, I don't think he like ever. Really thought about it and then he started so that's the story i heard i have no clue if that's actually true or not i mean i wouldn't doubt i mean like honestly the streak playing into future wrestlemanias with uh uh, you know sean michaels triple h etc 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 uh rick flair the streak becomes very 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 important so uh, i mean i think i just didn't realize i was like oh you're catching on already cool so 
Big Show tries to attack Undertaker before the match, but Undertaker is able to avoid the attack. A-Train is then chokeslammed, and Show is able to break up the pinfall. Big Show and Taker start out, and Show and A-Train must tag in. Show is then pummeled in the corner. A-Train is tagged in. Cole brings up the fact that the American flag is from the force, from a force fighting in Iraq. Yes, we're going to have the Patriot lose. A-Train hits the derailer, a.k.a. the Baldo Bomb. Uh, Taker is A.k.a. Thrown... the Bernard Bomb. Yep. Uh, Taker is then thrown out of the ring while A-Train and Show attack, throwing him into the post and then the barricade. A-Train then hits the decapitator, a catapult, into the middle rope. While the rope... Wait, what? He hits the decapitator, a catapult into the middle rope. While in the ropes, the show is tagged back. Okay, I don't fucking know what I was going for. Base. Oh, I know what it was. You know where they grab your legs? Yeah, yeah. Go, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, show is tagged back in. He hits punches, but Taker comes back with punches of his own. Picture tries to go for a choke slam, but Taker turns it into an arm bar. A train comes back and in, and it's a cross arm breaker on him. But Big Show quickly breaks it up. And A-Train isn't the legal man. Both men continue to work over the Undertaker as the crowd is bored. I would never thought I'd say that a crowd is bored at a WrestleMania match featuring the Undertaker. That isn't from, like, 92. And even then, it wasn't boring. Taker finally gets a DDT. Uh, A-Train and then on A-Train. And then attacks Big Show and starts clotheslining both men in the opposite corners. A bicycle kick by A-Train stops Taker's momentum, and Big Show hits uh, a huge choke slam. Big Show then runs down to the entrance ramp, and Nathan Jones runs down and kicks Big Show. Nathan Jones then hits a big boot to A-Train, and this allows Undertaker to hit the tombstone, and Undertaker picks up the victory with the help of Nathan Jones. After the match, Big Show comes back down to the ring angry, and... Both him and Show leave, A-Train and Show leave. Undertaker grabs his American flag. He waves it around like he just doesn't care. Uh, and, Jim, and somewhere hacks out Jim Duggan and wants his gimmick back. Oh. All right. What do you think of that match? Uh, this is like one of the ones that they never talk about in the in the in the talk of of the streak. It's actually weird. Like, uh. When we get to WrestleMania 25, there's like a list of like they show like clips of every single match from the Undertaker's streak except this one. Really? And yeah, yeah, wow. it's like notable. It's noticeably absent. I'm surprised they to show him like hitting like a tombstone on a train or something because that's a feat in itself. Yeah. No. And like. And there are like legitimately ones that are like not great matches because we've talked about them or the one where he fights mark henry and oh god in a we couple haven't got years. that far yet oh god <laughs> and and so like it's like undertaker like hates this match obviously because he was like you're not gonna put that in exactly. otherwise why would it be absent like the, yeah. it's just weird it's it's not a good match um i also think that the like the propaganda of like 
oh, here we have Undertaker fighting for the troops for some reason because, you know, A-Train and, and Big Show are, you know, so are big foreign heels. H-Train stands for Al-Qaeda. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. You know, Matt Bloom's from Boston and Big Show is from, you know, wherever he's Florida, from. Probably. And, and And so it's like, it, it's an it's an it's an odd match and then obviously taker was pissed about the nathan jones thing yes so yeah yeah nathan jones doesn't last too much longer after this well what's interesting is he's taken off of television here and then he's brought back onto television around survivor series because he's like oh, part of team right. lesnar yeah you're right so like he disappears for a while and then he comes back this guy got a WrestleMania paycheck. Goddamn. And we've never gotten a WrestleMania paycheck. No, no, we have not. We, I mean, we should. We should just, you know, show up there next year going, can we have a WrestleMania paycheck? We podcast about you and only... Yeah. And and we're very complimentary most of the time. Yes, don't listen to the first five or six episodes. <laughs> well, I said most of the time. Once again, the Catfight Girls are running... Uh, we're back to the catfight girls. They run into uh, Stacey Keebler and Tori Wilson. They say they love testicles. Testicles being the tag team of Test and Fuck if I remember. No, no, no. Oh, uh, that's what that's what Test calls his fans. Oh, that's right. I thought of the tag team. And Stacey Keebler had a, a shirt that said, "I love my testicles" on it, and you could actually buy that shirt. Somehow as bad as the cock locked and ready to unload shirt. But yeah, yes. they say they love testicles and they want to discuss marketing ideas. So the catfight girls ask them to join them and they walk off. Jar God. puts over the coalition forces in Iraq. Like I already said. Alright, moving on. Another championship match. This time for the women's championship triple threat match. Trish Stratus. Versus Jazz versus Victoria the Champion. With Stevie Richards. With Stevie Richards. Victoria comes out to a great cover of All the Things She Said by Tattoo. Usually the network just randomly throws in random, uh, you know, songs. Well, they actually found a decent cover for this. I was really shocked. I wonder what she actually was coming out to, she though. Was, she was coming out to All the Things by Tattoo. All the Things She oh, Said. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's a Russian girl band i really liked the tattoo uh mm. at this time um catchy they had it in russian they also had it in english but uh yeah um but yeah uh, i was just kind of surprised like oh hey they actually have a decent cover anyway uh jazz hits a drop kick on trish for an early two Jazz. And here's the thing, Jazz and like Victoria are like the competent wrestlers. Trish was just kind of here, still learning. She hadn't found. She's actually, you know, obviously she's improving, but she wasn't. She still hadn't found. Like, I would say she's not. She's learning, and she's she can do the basics, but I don't think she's found her confidence yet. But she was much better than she was. I think. I think she had a match last year. Yes. And oh, she, much and better. She, and she and she's much better. Yes. No, I, I agree. Um, 
So yeah, she hits a drop kick for on Trisha for an early two count. Jasmine applies a bridging camel clutch on. Uh, not on no, Jazz. Doesn't apply the clutch on herself. She applies it on Victoria. Victoria finally gets in the ring after pulling Trish out. Jazz hits a leg drop for a two as Victoria stops the count. Jazz and Victoria work together to hit the double shoulder breaker on Trish. But Jazz quickly turns on Victoria. A power slam by Victoria for a two count. Uh, Trish comes back with a bridging rollout for a two count. Trish then comes back with punches and a clothesline. Jazz then hits a big sit-out slam on Trish. Trish is being held by Victoria and Jazz tries for a spin kick but hits Victoria by accident, and Trish hits the chick kick, but Victoria breaks up the count. Trish hits a head scissors takedown on Victoria. Victoria is knocked out of the ring, and Jazz hits a single leg Boston Crab on Trish in the middle of the ring. The crowd is firmly behind Trish. Jazz applies an STF. Victoria distracts the referee, so Steven Richards throws Jazz out of the ring to stop Trish from submitting. Jazz hits a cross... Chicken wing slam uh, and knocks Victoria down. V- uh, Victoria misses a moonsault on Jazz. Steven Richardson runs into the ring, swinging a chair. He hits a top rope, hits himself in the face, and Trish hits a stratisfaction on Victoria. Oh, sorry, hits a stratisfaction, and Victoria tries for a widow's peak, and Trish hits the chick kick for the cover. And becomes a new woman's champion. What do you think of this match? I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was much better than the one that they had last year. And I think the reason for that is the addition of Victoria over Lita, because Lita wasn't the worker that she would end up being later. And yeah, no, I get, I get. I mean, well, I'm saying things and not saying anything. I would agree. I would think that also the inclusion of Jazz. I think she was woefully under, uh, woefully underlooked. I think she was a great. Well, yeah, but Jazz was in the match last year too. That's that's true. That's true. And I also think the uh, interference by Stevie Richards was well done. Stevie Richards, I think, is criminally underused in the WWE, and he could have been at least an IC champion. Yeah, and um, yeah, no, I think it. I think it was better. I also think that it being under 10 minutes really works for this match. No, I agree. I, I because mean, it, because there was really not a whole lot for Trish to and screw up because the other two weren't really going to make mistakes at this point. They were, well, they were good enough to not necessarily do that. Yeah, her, her offense the, was very basic and they limited her. Right. So, I mean, they did what they could do. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, don't give her a lot of complicated spots, and you're fine. And yeah, the match went 7.20. All right. Uh, I liked it. I felt like it kind of, like, drug a little bit, but I don't know. Like, women's wrestling at this time, like, it's, they're actually trying to be serious with it, but it just still kind of felt like, eh. In the back, The Rock is with Coach. Rock says that, uh, Coach says that there says over 54,000 people, and The Rock stops him. The Rock says it's the same people who boo him. Oh, yeah, by the way, The Rock is now uh, Hollywood Rock. He's now uh, did his first movie, The Scorpion King. Uh, or not Scorpion King, but uh, The Mummy Returns or whatever. Yeah. And he's got a new big fat ass tattoo. 
And now he's heel rock and he sings. And he did one of my favorite all-time concerts where they're in Canada and he calls everyone a mother canucker. He was on the, on the Raw before. It was great. Yeah, I think this Hollywood rock gimmick is... I didn't like, like it. Well, I, I, I actually, I like it because I think it's underrated. He also worked, he worked really well with Shane Helms and he gave him a spotlight that he probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. True, true. And I mean, unfortunately, the the problem with us just doing WrestleManias is that we don't necessarily get to see the wider picture of this. because That, this is, that is very true because I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I usually watch the Raw before WrestleMania. And then I'll kind of skim through the night after. But yeah, I'm not watching the full week to week leading up to the event. And well, what I was what I was going to say is this is basically the end of the Hollywood for several years. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he comes back next year and has one more match with Mick Foley, but um, he. This is basically like he had this match and then his match the following month with Goldberg. And then he's basically done for, you know, until. Oh, yeah, this is a big. Yeah, this is a Goldberg uh, debut at Backlash the next month. Yeah. Or is that 2004? No, it's this. It is 2003. Yeah. Oh, God. I remember now. The SummerSlam is the. Yeah, okay. And so, like. Rock is basically he has two matches left in him, and then he's done for like basically a year, and then he's done for several more years after that. Yes. So, so hindsight being twenty twenty, it's like okay, we have to appreciate this because you know the Rock is pretty much done. I mean, I get it at the time that the gimmick did not go over super well, but like I've watched some like compilations of him like doing his concerts and mm-hmm. his, and him doing his things with. Uh, the hurricane and stuff like that, and surprisingly, it ages pretty well. Yeah, I I didn't really care for it because I just thought it was it was easy. Oh no, I'm the big celebrity. I don't care about the people. Yeah, okay, whatever. Anyway, Rock says that's the same people that boo him, chant sell out to him at his concert. The Rock says he doesn't care about the people, and that it's only at WrestleMania, for, and he's only at WrestleMania for one reason. And that is to fulfill his destiny to beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he says that it's the only thing he's never done. And it consumes him. He also said that, you know what? In a movie, Act 1 and Act 2 don't even matter. It's Act 3 that only people remember. It's the last act. And it's going to be the end of the greatest rivalry, rivalry ever. He then says he would have done it all. And then he goes for, finally. Then he stops himself and just walks away. It's not this is perfect heel work by The Rock. This is yeah. really well done. Because he's not giving the fans what they want. Yep. And he has a good point. Do we remember Act 1 and Act 2 of, let's say, Empire? Uh, Empire Strikes Back? No, we just remember the final act where it's Luke. I am your father. Spoilers. You know, it's like, yeah, he's, he's very much correct in that. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we have the WWE tag team championship on the line. Los Guerreros featuring Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero. 
Chris Benoit and Rhino versus Team Angle, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. And you know what? I wish you could buy those silk hoodies or felt hoodies that Team Angle has. They look so comfortable. Yeah, but imagine if they're not. (laughs) They're itchy. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like right on the top of your head where you don't want it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's interesting because um, this match, the groupings are interesting because it's like Los Guerreros, that tag team makes sense. Yes. Team Angle, that tag, tag team, makes, team makes, sense. makes sense. Chris Benoit and Rhino. <laughs> One thing aren't two things aren't like the others. What are they? Yeah, I the pairing. I was like, what? I guess they. Well, I I can't even say that Chris Benoit has short arms. I was going to say they both have short Tyrannosaurus arms, but that's just Rhino. Yep. Anyway, all teams fight. Eventually, it's Charlie Haas and Chavo. Chavo gets lifted up for a back body drop, and he's turned it's turned into a drop kick. It was really cool looking. Uh, one of the rules is that you can take anyone, or sorry, you can tag anyone in at any time. You do not need to take your partner. Ryan and Eddie. Ryan. Uh, okay. <laughs> Ryan and Eddie. Rhino and Eddie are now tagged in. Rhino <laughs> hits a nice power slam for a two count. Benjamin is then tagged in and gets the better of Rhino. Lots of great action from various people. Eddie then tags himself in, and so is Benoit. Eddie goes to the top rope, but Benoit stops him. And hits a beautiful uh, superplex. Benoit picks up Eddie for a back body drop, but turns into a flapjack crossface. Uh, and it's quickly broken up by Charlie Haas. Eddie then comes back with a brain buster on Benoit for a two count. But again, uh, Haas breaks it up. Eddie then hits a flying head scissors on Benjamin. And then Benoit... Uh, and then Benoit hits, uh, hits three rolling German suplexes as the crowd starts... Counting along, Benjamin then hits a super. Or sorry, Benjamin then hits a super kick on Benoit. Eddie and Benoit are the legal men still. They end up bonking heads, and Shelton tags himself in. During a pin attempt uh, on Benoit, Eddie hits a frog splash to the back of of Benoit. Uh, Haas is then tagged in, hits a huge overhead belly to belly suplex on Rhino, and then run. Uh, sorry, he hits a belly belly flex on uh, Benoit. Rhino then runs in, hits a gore on both uh, men. Shelton then slides into the ring, picks up the victory as Rhino was pulled out of the ring by Chavo. So I had to go back and war watch because I was like, what the hell happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, your, uh, your champions are still is Team Angle. And uh, this went eight minutes and thirty-five seconds. And my God, uh, what a quick eight minutes and thirty-five seconds! Because Jesus Christ, this match is awesome. Yeah, they never slowed down, not at all. And I always really liked Team Angle, um, because they were always like just like so good, like right away. It was weird; they just showed up and they were excellent. Um, which doesn't usually. At the time, when, when, like, new people showed up, if they weren't from, like, WCW or ECW, that didn't always happen. And so it was, it was, it was, they were just, like, these really, like, excellent 
badass like uh olympic style wrestlers and yeah no they're they worked really well with everybody there and eddie and chris um obviously like having fast-paced matches because they did it pretty much their entire career yeah i like the fact too that you could tag anybody in so like didn't make it predictable like you didn't know who was getting tagged in yeah yeah i I like that aspect of uh the wwe uh, triple threat or sometimes four-way tag team matches although it always bothered me that if you you can have like a triple threat match and it's three people all in the same ring or a fatal four-way and it's four people in the same ring but if it's a tag team match it's always just two which never made sense to me, but yeah. Um, right. I I do want to I talk about Team Angle a little bit because we yeah. don't nec- they um they're new. Everybody else, for the most part, except for Chavo, is um has been around for a while at this point. But Team Angle, uh, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas, um, were call ups from I I think at this point it was, it was uh, Ohio Valley. Yeah, it was OVW. Um, and Shelton Benjamin, I actually learned, uh, this week, um, wasn't going to be hired by the WWE, but because he was really good friends with Brock Lesnar, so here's Brock Lesnar said, if they you were, do not hire him, I will not come to the WWE. They were roommates at the university of Minnesota. Yeah. I'm, but I'm just saying that like, that's like crazy. Imagine if they were like, no, we're not going to hire this guy that we don't know about anything about. We would never have had Bork Laser. Oh, I know. It's crazy to think. Like, holy shit. Like, and good on Brock. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, people knew, like, I remember hearing the stories of, like, the WWE was eyeing Brock Lesnar for years. You know, coming out of the U of M. And, uh... Like, just to think, like, he would have given up. I don't know how much money he was making back then, but just look where it all led. Like, him being in the WWE, who knows where he would have gone if he never would have signed. Right. I honestly think they would have just said, fuck it, here's more money. Probably, and then he would have been like, okay, because he, he likes his money. But you never know. I mean, like, But still, like, good on fucking Brock. Yeah, it's like one of his only unselfish moves in, in wrestling. I don't know about that. <laughs> but and and Charlie Haas is himself a, a a weird story just in general because uh he and his brother Russ were a tag team um prior like on the independent circuit and in WWE developmental and a year before this Russ his brother died of a heart attack at age 27 and wow. Charlie then was put in with Shelton and I like I can, I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I have a brother, I'm not super close with him, but I can't imagine, like, tag teaming with, like, my, my, my older brother's brother partner, like, yeah, and just and, think, and just think about Haas is thinking, like, I'm fulfilling my brother's dream, or I'm, you know, I'm doing what my brother should be here to be doing, imagine the pressure, yeah, and just the emotions. He, he did really well for a few years, anyway. Yeah, what what is he doing now? He's retired. Um, he um, he was in Ring of Honor with Shelton, and that was kind of his bat 
last big run. Um, he had some alcohol problems, and he retired to take care of that and to um, go home to his wife, Jackie Gata. Oh, yeah, that's right. So. There you go. Well, cool. Thanks for the uh, information. Yeah. All right, we go to the back. The Miller Catback girls are with Tori and Stacy taking a picture. Boo. So let me refresh the way I wrote it. Tori and Stacy <laughs> then start fighting about who made WrestleMania, Hulk Hogan or Vince McMahon. They start doing the cat. They just steal their gimmick. Right. Stacy gets fed Hulk up with Tori. Hogan, Vince McMahon. Yeah. Oh God, I want to. Go. I want to shoot myself. Can we skip it? Yes, we no. Well, oh. no, but still. Stacy gets fed up with Tori and leaves. The cat girls then start arguing over the same thing. The cat bike girls then say, It's WrestleMania! And let's settle in the ring. And then the other girl says, How about in bed? And they fight again, and then agree on in bed. Because they are going, In the bed! In the ring! In the bed! Well, Jerry Lawler is fucking jacking himself off furiously. <sighs> I love it that JR goes, Let's get back to wrestling now. It's time for Shawn Michaels versus Jericho. Yeah, because he's he's like, this is ridiculous. I don't want to watch this. Yes. I want to watch wrestling. That's what. That's what we all paid for. The only person who's like really happy with this, well, the only two people are who are really happy with this are Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon. Yes, and and that's it. Yep. All right. So Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels. The showstopper Shawn Michaels. Against Chris Jericho's game. It's gonna be huge. Two massive egos. I don't know if Safeco Field is big enough to hold the egos of these two athletes. Let's go back all the way from the last year. Nobody was more excited to see HBK return to the ring than me. The heart and the courage that you showed the world was off the charts. John Michaels is the world's champion. Do you believe in miracles? But, Sean, a lot has happened between the two of us ever since you first kicked me in the face last December. I mean, I have attacked you. Wait a minute. I'm behind Lee Shawn Michaels and a low blow by Jericho. You've attacked me. The Shawn Michaels. The Shawn Michaels. Tattooed Jericho. And everything in between. That's why I'm asking you, come to this ring and speak to me face to face. Ask and you shall receive. You know, Sean, I remember why I wanted to get in the business. That's because I wanted to be a wrestler. So I could be Shawn Michaels. I don't know if there's ever been anyone in this industry that's had more charisma than that man. I mean, I wanted to be just like you, Shawn. But I also had the same desire and the same heart. And pretty soon people were saying that I was going to be the next Shawn Michaels. And it was the ultimate compliment at the time. But not now. I grew out of wanting to be the next Shawn Michaels. And I concentrated on becoming the first Chris Jericho. Can Jericho be this classless? No integrity whatsoever. Come on! Yeah, the walls of Jericho on an abyss of still moment. This cannot happen. Here. Michael, you stupid son of a bitch! I want to end your 
better than you, Sean. A man doesn't hide underneath the ring and jump another man from the high. I'm more charismatic than you, Sean. A man looks the other man in the eyes. My skill has surpassed yours. I want to end your career at WrestleMania. Uh, I loved the promo package for this. Chris Jericho talks about how he idolized Shawn Michaels, how he cut his hair when he first broke into the business, how he would watch, um, I think it was the, D, uh, I think it was the HBK versus uh, the ladder match, I think. He said he, he took moves from it, and they showed like side-by-side clips of him like, doing exact spots in his early like indie matches while he was training and how you know Chris Jericho oh he's just so happy to be in the ring with with his, his idol Shawn Michaels but now he wants to beat him and prove he's the better man that's a great a great promo great build up what did you think yeah i mean i was Really excited for this match. Um, kind of find it funny. You know how to think about it? Canadian-born Chris Jericho loves Shawn Michaels and not not Bret Hart? Listen. I, I know. Bret Hart. Or Dynamite Kid. Is, Dynamite Kid's from Britain. That's He's from true. England. That's true. That's true. Bret Hart is awful. He always was. And he always will be. Oh, that's all terrible. You're terrible. And and that's what he's the best at, being terrible. And I'm I'm so glad that we only have to put up with one more Bret Hart match. And then we'd probably never have to talk about him again. <laughs> wow. We have to actually talk about him twice. You do. Twice more. Yes. And then we never have to talk about him again. Okay. And I'll be so happy. Because he is boring. He is so boring. And I don't understand why all these people constantly say, oh, he's so good. He's the best. Like, here's the thing. Like, you can like technical wrestling. I like technical wrestling. You like technical wrestling. We would just... We just are about to talk about uh, Zhuzhin Liger, who does all sorts of mat-based wrestling. He makes it exciting. We have Chris Benoit here in the WWF now at this time. And Kurt Angle. And Kurt Angle. And they make technical wrestling exciting. Bret Hart never did that because you you want to know why? Because Bret Hart saw himself as an athlete. And I'm sorry, in the world of professional wrestling, you can be an athlete or you can be an entertainer. And... You can't. You have to. You can't be. You can't only be one or the other. Because if you're only one, you're Hulk Hogan, and if you're only the other, you're Bret Hart. And you have to kind of balance between the two. And so that's why Shawn Michaels is better because he's both. Okay, fair enough. HBK comes down with a gun, and I was like, "Holy shit, he stole China's gimmick!" Oh no, it's a <laughs> confetti gun. Which was weird. I'm like, why the fuck do you have a... Con- when have you ever seen Shawn Michaels with a confetti gun? Well, he didn't just have one confetti gun. I think he had like three or four and only like two went off. <laughs> <laughs> An HBK chant breaks out at the beginning of the match. 
They finally both. I I will say that this is the time that Shawn Michaels did have terrible hair. Yeah. He wasn't quite. He looked like he has an old woman's haircut. Yeah, he was. uh, Yeah, he had short. It was weird. It's not. It's not as quite as bad as when he won the world heavyweight championship at SummerSlam. That one is was shorter than it is even here, but it's odd. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, both men lock up and they quickly break. They take down by Michaels into a head scissors as both men quickly get up. And Jericho hits a deep arm drag takedown with a head scissors of his own. And again, both men are back to their feet. The crowd, you know, claps. Huzzah. We've seen that move a bunch of times. Michaels then goes into the corner and then pretends to sleep while propped up on the turnbuckle. King complains that more real wrestling holes are, are being used. Yeah, do more, do more fake things. According to the king, the crowd must be. Well, be- well, I think it's funny because Jerry Lawler became famous for doing two things: punching and doing the pile driver, and that's all his, all of his matches. Yes. The crowd must be really bored because every time the hard camera is used, people in the front row pose and carry on. Like they're doing. I don't know if they're bored. I think they probably are. Like, oh, I'm on television. I have to do something stupid. People do that. Yes. Uh, so Jericho then throw, is thrown outside by Michaels, and then Michaels tries a flying cross body block, but Jericho ducks, and Michaels slips under the rope, and Jericho pops up, thinking he's outsmarted HBK. He then hits a running baseball slide to the back of Jericho. Back in the ring, Jericho gets the better of Michaels, hits a flying cross bo- or gets better of HBK. Michaels and hits a flying cross body block onto Jericho. On the outside, Michaels tries for a drop kick, but Jericho catches it into the walls of Jericho as the ref counts. And then Jericho runs back into the ring to break the count. Do you want to say something? No, no. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I had the yawn. <laughs> Jericho then goes back outside, rams the back of Michaels against the ring post. Jericho then poses to a huge rain of booze come down on Jericho. And Trico then starts to go back to the ring. Uh, gets to the ring apron and hits a springboard dropkick. King, King then brings up Michaels being in the pride of the jungle, and he is an old lion, and Jericho is the new young lion. Uh, maybe subtle, or just yeah, it's a good metaphor. Well, yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with New Japan, but no. he, Chris Jericho was Lionheart. Yes, that's what I thought. Jericho then tells Michaels that he is better than him. And he had several suplex varieties, working over the lower back of Michaels. Then a big backbreaker, and then he does a cocky one-legged pin uh, while flexing for a two-count. HBK then starts to come back, but Jericho hits a flying clothesline and then nips up and poses like Michaels as Michaels nips up. And now it's Shawn Michaels coming back with high body drop, high, a high back body drop on Jericho. Michaels goes for the top rope. Hits a moonsault with a roll-up for a near fall. Several roll-ups by each man counter pin attempts. And finally, Jericho tries to put Michaels into the walls of Jericho, but HK is, is able to overpower Jericho. Jericho then comes back with a Northern Light suplex for a bridge uh, for a two-count. Oh, Michaels then bridges out of the pin, for which looked pretty awesome. A running bulldog and a line salt by Jericho. Jericho takes a long time to make the cover and only gets a two. 
Michaels goes for a hurricanrana, but Jericho holds his legs and turns into the walls of Jericho in the middle of the ring. Uh, the crowd is now unglued, and after a bit, Michaels goes gets back to the rope, but Jericho holds on to the count of three. Jericho then tries again for the walls of Jericho, but Michaels gets a near fall with an inside cradle. Jericho comes back with a double underhook backbreaker to slow him down. Jericho then starts to tune up the band and lands a sweet chin music on Michaels, but he can only get a two count. Jericho tries for a back suplex on the top rope, or from the top rope, but Michaels turns it into a cross body block midair. That was really awesome looking. Yeah, he tries it was. for a cover, but only gets a two. Michaels then climbs to the top rope, but Jericho kicks the ref into the rope, knocking Michaels crotch first into the top rope. Jericho then tries for a superplex, but Michaels blocks it, setting Jericho face first to the top rope and hits a picture-perfect elbow drop with a million flash bulbs going off. I really miss miss that when big moves happen. Um, yeah, because nobody puts the flash on, on on their cell phones. Yeah. If I think we should just have a petition that says, if you go to a wrestling event, take a picture with your phone, make sure the flash is on so we get the flash in. Yes. He then nips up, and he starts to tune up the band. Sweet Chin Music is ducked by Jericho, who reverses into the walls of Jericho. Michael slowly crawls to the ropes, but he's pulled back, and then finally he's able to break it. Jericho gets in the face of the ref, claiming that he tapped, but Jericho walks into a loud super kick, and Jericho is able to kick out. As Jericho is able to kick out. Both men are then exhausted at this point. Jericho whips Michaels into the corner, who flips and lands on his feet. Jericho attempts a back suplex, but Michael rolls up Jericho for the three count out of nowhere for the win. And um, this match went 22 minutes and 34 seconds. What'd you think? Um, okay. So I thought this match was really, really good. The problem is that I like the stuff that they did in 2008 a lot better. Yeah, I keep getting confused with this match. I was like, it's the one where that happens. I was like, no, no. And I was like, waiting for the spot. And like, no, it never came. Yeah, yeah I forgot so, these guys met twice at WrestleMania. Um, They didn't fight at WrestleMania again. Um, But they had a long feud in 2008. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's the one where he punched his wife by accident. And... Yeah, yeah. So... And, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, one, I think Shawn Michaels was taking it kind of easy on his back still because this is only like a couple months removed from his return um, from like that four-year hiatus or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't working full-time yet. So there... So I think... Like, it started off slow, and then it gained a lot of momentum at the end. And the ending is much more what I rem- kind of what I remember. And their 2008 stuff was like... The early stuff is like, this is not super great. It's okay, but it's... It's not... It wasn't quite what I was expecting a Jericho-Michaels uh, match to be. Like, if you say, oh, Jericho is Michaels, you're like, oh my god, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And the first part of that match, like maybe the first half of that match really doesn't live up to that. The second half definitely does. And so I don't know why that is. I, my guess is they were being careful with Michael's back 
And then um, once Michael was like, oh, you know what? My back's pretty good. He starts really putting on these like classic matches starting like next year. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> so. I really like the match. I like the story. I, I I think I agree with you. The first half was kind of like, hey, we're filling each other out. It was cool, you know. But I mean, they had twenty two minutes to kill, so you kind of don't want to, you know, you don't want to sprint. Right. I, I I you can't do. You can't like very few people could do a. 22 minutes where it's like a, a, a sprint match, like um, like the tag team match between Chris Benoit and, and, and those that we just talked about. Yeah, and that like was only was nine minutes. minutes of that, it would yeah. probably have oh, been God. too much. They would have been like dead. But yeah, yeah no, I, I like, they, they did awesome looking moves when it mattered, and they told a really good story of, you know, Jericho and his moves, and somehow Michaels would kick out, and then finally it's like Jericho's arrogance got the better of him. So... After the match, Shawn Michaels offers his hand to Jericho, and Jericho hugs Michaels. But then Jericho gets his heat back by kicking Michaels in the nuts. And uh, Jim Ross is pissed off. He was like, God damn it! God damn that Chris Jericho! God, oh, that motherfucker! He doesn't say that. <laughs> well, he, 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 he did say the first part. He didn't say the yeah, I know, but still. He's like, oh, I can't believe that, Chris Jericho! That son of a bitch! That Shawn How dare Michaels. you! How dare you ruin this awesome match? And, yes. And King's probably like, calm down, JR, it's just a wrestling match. Yes. Where's my beer? Yes. A young ref who looks like The Miz enters Vincent Mann's locker room. That's I swear Sylvian to God. Grenier. Yeah, I was like, who is this? And I was like, oh, yeah. Part of La Resistance. Yes, he was 19 when he... Just imagine, you were 19 and you were on the WWE roster. Just... Yes, he what? still wrestles in Japan. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. As who? Uh, Sylvan Grenier. Oh, okay. Well, I thought maybe he took like a Juice Robinson approach and like... No, no, no. That, I mean, Sylvan Grenier is his actual name. No, oh, so, okay. So that's why he wrestles as that. He moved to Japan. He married a Japanese woman. Competes Man, there. Living the dream. I guess. Okay. So, yeah. The Miz-looking referee, Sylvan Gunray, enters McMahon's locker room. A new attendance record has been set. Or has actually been broken. 54,097. I'm sure that is completely accurate. Yeah, how did Coach know? Coach was like, hey, there's 54,000 people out there. This is before then. Man, they must be smart. Now he's listening to Crack Attic. By WWE's favorite band, Limp Biscuit. Coach then asks if we're ready to see a WrestleMania catfight. No. Tanya Ballinger is introduced first, and then Catania Baker is introduced next. One's black hair and one's blonde? I, I don't fucking know. There is a bed, and the rules are as follows. No heavy metal objects. Only pillows on the bed. Both Wait, no heavy metal objects, so I can't said. use this crucifix? Yes, exactly. Both girls crawl on the bed at, at each other, and then Stacy Keebler comes out and says, This is WrestleMania! And the only thing that two girls in bed is better than two girls in bed is three. Yeah. And now it's a triple thread. So then Tori's music hits, and the king, as the king asks JR... Oh, if uh, the king asks if JR likes a three-way, Jim Ross can't hide his disgust. 
as he puts over the Tori Wilson Playboy. Tori rips off her, t- her shirt, <laughs> then the shirt of Stacy. The girls get rolled over on the coat. The coach gets rolled over by the girls. As the cat girls, the cat fight girls, de-pants coach. And Stacy pins the coach for the three. They then beat up coach with pillows. Now all the girls are friends. They pose in their bras. I wrote, what the fuck is this? Go order porn. Minus five stars. Yes, but this is for the WWE audience. Who, which are much younger and probably can't legally do that. So, and I will also, and, and I will also say that I thought it was kind of funny that for like a few seconds, Stacy and Tori started having like an actual wrestling match. They started doing like back body drops yes. and things. <laughs> which like, I was uh, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you guys know you're on the metal, and uh, why don't you do like a back body drop under the bed or something? I don't know. Anyway. Next up, we have the Raw WWF World Championship. Booker T versus the champion, Triple H. I've had obstacles thrown up in front of me. And the hard times didn't really come in my life until my mother passed. You know, when my mother passed, everything kind of broke down for a while. I was running around with my crew. You know, we got involved in a robbery. I went to prison and got, you know, put in jail. I knew what I had done. I knew it was wrong. I just wanted to pay for it to put it behind me and, and move on with life. I've been in the company two years. It's been a struggle since day one. And now I'm finally getting my shot at the world title after two years. Booker T is going to WrestleMania. Booker T's going to wrestle for the heavyweight title of the world. I will be the next world champion and ain't nothing nobody can do about it Booker you're nothing but a common street thug the fact is Booker somebody like you doesn't get to be a world champion I laughed my ass off thinking about you challenging me for the world heavyweight championship Triple H no doubt wanted to send a message to Booker T the cerebral assassin has beaten the best that this business has to offer. One of the most evil, sadistic world's heavyweight champions. But the question remains, in the biggest stage in our business, can Triple H beat Booker T? Booker T is a great athlete, but there is only one diamond in this business. And baby, you're looking at him. See, Booker, I understand. You've been the five times. WCW champion. But let's face it, that place was a joke, Book. Some of the stuff you said was but it don't change the fact that I will dance all over your pants. Booker T wants to become the world's heavyweight champion. But tonight, Booker T wants to beat the game. Booker T, the momentum, the scissors kick. What a shot to the back of the head will it be? Nature. Yes, Booker T, Booker T has beaten the game. This is a bad omen for Sunday for Triple H. Nobody can say Booker T hasn't got momentum roaring into WrestleMania. You are the best the world has to offer. This is yours. You're the man. And at WrestleMania, Booker T does not stand a chance. Joined by Ric Flair. Oh, okay. God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. 
So, all right, let's get into this. A video package plays showing that Booker T went to prison as a young man, and they didn't explain what he did. Well, I'll tell you what he did. I wish I knew what he was thinking. He worked at a Wendy's. He robbed the Wendy's he fucking worked at. Well, he knew where the money was. I guess. That's what he was That's thinking. That's the only thing I can think of. Still, what an idiot. Anyway, we then cut to Triple H saying, quote, Someone like you doesn't deserve to be world champion. And he laughs us, uh, unquote. He then laughs his ass off when thinking about Booker T, Triple H, and then buries WCW and the WCW championship on Raw. Which, Booker you know, T. he has on his shoulder. Yes, exactly. And what's funny is, ah, it was easy to get the title. Five times? Oh, whatever. Uh, on the Raw before, they had a tag team match where Booker T got to beat Triple H in the tag match. And they had a bloody Triple H in backstage. Ric Flair was like, Woo! You're Triple H! You're the champion! You can beat Booker T. Who is he? He's a nobody. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, there there's more to it than just Triple H saying people like you can't. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Like, be world champion. He also offered him a dollar to go get his bags. Oh. Uh, there were other, I think Ric Flair called him boy at one point. Oh, like, no. There, yeah, no, there was like, there, like, there were a lot of things that are like highly problematic and definitely racist. Although yeah. if you talk to uh, Steve Pritchard, or no, Bruce Pritchard, Bruce Pritchard yeah. he will say, oh, no, that's not racist. We were, we, you know, we were just doing it because, you know, nobody likes WCW. And I'm just like, just say WCW then. Say people from WCW can't be world champion. Yeah, either. exactly. Exactly. Because, well, no, it kind of contradicts though, Ric Flair. Of course, that's Ric Flair, though, so I guess. Well, Ric Flair never won the world championship again. Oh, that is so, true. Yeah, that's true. But no, so, I, I agree. You should yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. They should have just said, oh, you're from that Bush League, WCW. The, 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 the you know, the, the, the company we buried and killed. What are right. you going to do? And then you can, like, then this could be the last part of the invasion storyline or whatever. And it would have been much better. But with this, this is just gross. Oh, God. And, you know, part of me, too. Like, credit. Speaking as a fan, I have never met Triple H. I do not know him personally. I don't know his family. I don't know anything. But at this time, this was... Am I fucking going over Triple H burying everybody? This isn't the reign of Triple H on top. Yeah, the reign part of, of terror, wonders, as, they, as, as they call it. Part of me wonders... If he's like this racist in real life, like I, I like at this time, I should say not now, obviously he's mature. Well, I mean, even now, I, I, I would probably say no, but Triple H did a lot of weird stuff. No, I mean, he would time. say off the cuff comments or unscripted shit, you know, to get himself over. Well, yeah, I mean, this is also around the same time as the Vic storyline. Oh, Katie Vick? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Which Ugh. ruined Kane. Yes. And. Yeah. Yeah. 
and he buried like let's 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 go through what Triple H did to get to this point because not only did he do all the things that we talked about he had a few title defenses at this point he lost the he lost the title to Shawn Michaels and he's gained it back yep but he buried Rob Van Dam he buried Kane and made him out to be some sort of weird necrophiliac. And then he did this with Booker T. Yeah. Not a good. And then he then went on to have a three month feud after this with Kevin Nash, his best friend, which was awful. And then he beat Goldberg. Oh yeah, that's right. At SummerSlam. He then lost to Goldberg to only get the and title then, back again. Then he got the title back again in a triple threat. Yep. Where he was. And then, oh yeah. And the best thing, at SummerSlam, he had like severely injured his groin or something, where he was like bandaged up and could barely work. Right. He was. He, this is also the time that he was wearing bicycle shorts because he, because of the compression and whatever, so he could actually walk. <laughs> and he just refused to give up the the, the title. And then evolution and all this other stuff and then he eventually like he'll eventually lose the title to benoit next year yep spoilers anyway yeah not good no not and it gets worse in the match so king barry's triple uh king buries booker t and wcw and jr praises booker t Saying, you know, oh, he changed his life around for the better. He's paid his debt to society. You know, he, he was a criminal, yes, but, you know, he, he's rehabilitated. He's he's paid his debt. He's a, he's a great guy. And King is, ah! ah yeah, no, I, I actually What if he dropped the soap in prison? Well, like, oh, yeah, no. Jesus Christ. There was that. But, like, King said that WCW was a joke. Yes. And he goes, you work there, JR. Oh, you yeah. Know. He was pissed, and, too. And, and JR was like, well, yeah, it was a joke, but Booker T wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he had to work so hard to, like, defend yeah. Booker T here. Yeah. And it's, like, good on him for trying. I mean, he didn't succeed, but. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Knife Edge chops by both men, switching in the corner. Booker T gets the advantage early with a back body drop, but Triple H quickly hits a reverse elbow, and Triple H climbs to the top rope, which allows Booker T to hit an arm drag off the top rope. What the fuck was this? Like, when the fuck does Triple H ever go to the top rope? Well, whoever does an arm drag from that is true. Yeah, that's true. On the outside, Booker T runs Triple H headfirst into the ring post. Uh, A big clothesline by Triple H to Booker T in the corner. Booker T crashes to the ground, and Triple H only gets a two count. Triple H tries for a suplex, but Booker T reverses it into a spike DDT. King keeps bringing up Booker T's criminal past, and Jim Ross gets pissed at King, telling him just to drop it. King then says him and Booker went to the mall, and Booker T tried paying for everything in cigarettes. (laughs) I like that joke. (laughs) But no, I don't. That's not funny. <laughs> Triple H runs into Triple H runs a high knee for a near fall on Booker T. 
Uh, Booker T comes back with a spine buster on Triple H and continues with a knife edge chops. Triple H climbs the top rope again and flies off the top rope, and Booker T hits a sidekick uh, and then follows up with a scissors kick. But Triple H ducks out of the way. Booker T is thrown outside, and Triple H distracts the ref. Outside, Ric Flair attacks Booker T and smashes his knee into the ring post, or sorry, into the ring steps. Booker T gets back in to the ring, and Triple H applies the Indian Deathlock. JR is beyond thrilled to see this move, saying that he hasn't seen someone apply the move in over 10 years. Yes, and he's and also I'll, I'll just point out that Triple H is applying the Indian Deathlock incorrectly. <laughs> he, and this spot is awfully long. It goes yeah, on for like ever. a good like four minutes. Yeah, it, it sucks. Triple H They're just and... laying on the mat and yelling. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Triple H then pulls Booker T into the corner and places his leg on the middle rope and jumps and places all his weight on the knee. Triple H then tries for a knee smash and Booker T rolls up for a near fall. The ref uh, is hit and nearly clotheslined and another roll up by Booker T for a two count. Booker T is now getting a second wind as he hits scissor kicks in the middle of the ring, but he can't make the cover as he used his hurt leg. Booker T finally rolls over and places his hand on Triple H's chest, and Triple H kicks out at two. Booker Keep T then, that in mind. Yes. Booker T then climbs up to the top rope, and Flair tries to interfere, but he punches him out. This distracts Booker T long enough for Triple H to attack Booker, uh, and hooks up for a superplex, and then after some fight, uh, backing Triple H, uh, after fight, after Booker T fights up, he knocks Triple H off the top, but again, Flair attacks Booker on the top rope, and again knocks him out, and Booker T does a somersault leg drop that looks like he smashed Triple H's head in. Uh, yeah, even J.R. King was like, oh my god! Triple H's head. Yeah, that looked really snug. I hope. I, I mean, he wasn't bleeding or anything, so he must have been alright, but god damn, that would have been scary. Booker T then goes for the cover, but Flair pushes Triple H's foot on the bottom rope to stop the cover. Jim Ross is pissed at this point. Booker T tries to run, but his leg fails and falls out from underneath him. Triple H pits a pedigree out of desperation. Triple H is exhausted and can't make the pin. Eventually, Triple H covers him with one arm only. One, two, three. Booker T doesn't kick out or anything. No. And I will point out two other things. One, it was a slow count. So it looked like there should be a kick out. Yes, the I agree. The second thing is there was 23 seconds that elapsed between Triple H hitting the pedigree and then eventually covering him. Yeah, I think someone timed it. It was like a 35 second. Like a 35 yeah. second time from the pedigree to the pinfall. It was like 35 seconds. It was ridiculous. Right. And and 23 seconds of that is them both just laying on the ground. Yep. Yeah, it's. This is gross and I don't want to talk about it. I didn't really care for the match either. Like. I don't know. Like, I've never found Booker T to be, like, 
I mean, he's entertaining, uh, doing promos, but I've never, I can't think of like a book team match. It's like, oh man, I got to watch that match. I've never really found him that entertaining in the ring. Um, and Triple H just, at these matches, it's like, hey, we have to go long and I'm just going to go do every move I normally do. Hike, knee, the flip, the, you know, spine buster, et cetera, et cetera. And this match was 1850, short by Triple H standards. At the time, because he always put on these long. As I, I kind of get what you what you were saying about not con- necessarily connecting with Booker T, because his move set is kind of weird. He does these weird power moves, and then he does like yeah, like uh, aerial various ki- various kicks and yeah. things like that, and it seems incongruent. Like, yeah, like, okay, like, he, like, the spot where his leg's been worked over, got slammed into the steps, and the Indian death lock, and this and that, and, like, oh, I can barely walk. And then he runs into the fucking scissor kick. And it's like, and I like the fact that they played it up. Like, hey, he went to do another move, and his leg fell off underneath him. Like, I like that, that, you know, played in to the match. But still, it's like, dude, your whole offense is dead now. I don't know. It's I didn't care for the match that much, and just knowing the end, I was like, uh, it soured me. Yeah, no, I was not looking forward to this, and I like Triple H now because of what he's doing with NXT. But it's like he is not booking NXT like he was booked here, so I don't know where this came from. Because he obviously knows how to run a wrestling show. He yeah, obviously but, I mean, knows is... how to run wrestling characters. Is... And he's and he just didn't apply it to himself. At the end of the day, though, too, different scenarios. He is much older now. He is no longer a day-to-day performer. And you know what I mean? Like, this is his prime, you know? Sure. I just look at, like... These are two different times. You can't compare now to then. Well, sure. What I will say is this, though. For somebody who, like, complained and whined about down and and not giving the opportunities that he deserved, he certainly took a lot of opportunities away from other people. No, I I don't disagree with you one bit. No, not one bit. No, I, I agree. All right. We then cut to a WWE shop commercial featuring Batista, Triple H, and Rey Mysterio. What do we have? What what what's prominent about that? I'm sorry, you cut out there. Oh, okay. We had a WWE shop commercial featuring Batista, Triple H, and Rey Mysterio. What about that rings a bell for you in 2019? Uh, well, all all of them were at WrestleMania this past year. Exactly, exactly what I wrote. We saw all three of these men at WrestleMania 35 this year. All right, next up. We had a promo package for Vince McMahon versus Hulk Hogan. So, apparently the story is that Vince always hated Hulk Hogan and he created Hulkamania and he was going to kill Hulkamania. And I yeah, know. I mean, it sounds about right. Yeah, it's stupid. And he did the... I mean, here's the thing. I can imagine that Vince never liked Hulk Hogan. 
he viewed him as somebody who was a means to win end. To say that he invented Hulkamania is kind of stupid because he was doing the Hulkamania stuff in a- in the AWA. However, he wouldn't have reached the heights if he wa- wasn't on MTV. No, agreed. And they did the uh, blood spot with the with the pen signing the contract in the blood. Yes, I, I think the other big thing that came out of this is the promo where Hulk Hogan said that he was that one gay guy at the right place at the right time. <laughs> yes, uh, and they had to edit it. And Vince just looked so confused. He's like, "Did I just hear Are that? you admitting something to me?" <laughs> yes. Oh, Freudian slips of the tongue. So, this is a no-DQs, falls-count-anywhere match, and there's an added stipulation. If Hogan loses, he must retire. Well, then we know who's winning this match. Exactly. So, on the network version, Hulk Hogan comes off to a rip-off of Jimi Hendrix. And, the, and I actually had to go look this up. In the original WrestleMania, he came out to Voodoo Child, which is interesting because he never came out to that in the red and blue, or the red and yellow, except in WCW, I believe. Yeah, well, he was like, I'm not going to do that Rick, Rick Derringer song anymore. I'm a... Yeah, I did. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I, I think it's his attempt to try to be cool. Probably. So, someone holds up a sign that says Vince still sucks. Hogan holds it up and then rips it up. Well, so, why are you why are you ripping that up? That's I like... know. That's like proof. You just ripped up your proof that Vince sucks. So they're fighting over who created Hulkamania. The match is 20 years in the making. Since day one, they've wanted to fight, apparently. Plus, Vince McMahon is angry about Hogan testifying during the steroid trial, which they actually used footage for in the promo video. Which I was kind of shocked about. Like, seriously? Like, wow. <laughs> I mean, I know it's been many years. Almost almost 10 at that point. But Wow. Well, I mean, it's not far enough away in the past for certain members of that family. Yeah, true. But, you know, if you ask Stephanie, even today, she'll probably talk about how it was just like that 9-11 attack. Yes, exactly. Exactly like 9-11. The bell rings and Hogan quickly jumps on McMahon, hitting several punches. Hogan attacks with a clothesline and more punching and stomps in the corner. Vince hits an elbow and then a clothesline of his own. Vince then runs shoulder, his shoulder first into the gut of Hogan, and then knee lifts and reverse elbows, while Hogan is in the corner. Vince hits Hogan's arm against the ring post several times. Vince then continues working over the arm some more, and is then winning a test of strength. That is right. Vince McMahon is running, winning a test of strength against Hulk Hogan. Well, have you seen Vince McMahon in this match? He's jacked. Yeah, he is jacked. Well, he's always jacked. Well, that's true, but he's even more jacked. Yes. Uh, the crowd comes alive as Hogan starts to come back, but Vince hits a low blow on Hogan to bring him back to his knees. Finally, Hogan gets back to his feet. They slam chests twice, but Vince McMahon once again hits another low blow, sending Hogan back to his knees. Hogan finally gets up again. Vince gives him another low blow, but this time Hogan is tossed outside. And Vince throws Hogan against the barricade and shoulder first into the steel, uh, po- uh, steel post. Vincent grabs a steel chair and he hits the post instead of Hogan. 
McMahon has to send face first off the post. Hogan then picks up a chair and swings it to the crowd and slams the chair across the skull of Vince McMahon. Ho uh, Vince is then busted open. Hogan grabs another chair and cracks it across the spine of Vince. Hugo Savinovich is then knocked out as Vince McMahon ducks from a chair shot. Hogan hits the commentator, Hugo Savinovich, uh, which or you never Hugo. see. Hugo, yeah. Vince, well, I, I, wonder this say, is, I wonder if this is planned. I think it probably was. Hugo Savinovich is interesting because is an interesting character because like he, um, he's retired from wrestling announcing. I thought like it was weird that you know Carlos Cabrera is still there, but Hugo like disappeared. Didn't Hugo like, just pass what away? Happened? Huh? Didn't he just pass away? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Let me let's. Yeah, I thought he just recently Hugo. passed away. Uh, oh, whoa! What? Apparently, he's doing something with AEW. Oh, really? Oh, he's an all—he's an AEW Spanish commentator. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, now what's wrong then? Well, good. I'm glad he's still alive. Yeah. Well, I—I I heard that he became a priest. Ah, okay. Let's see if that's actually true. Uh, he's a born again Christian, and yep, he's uh, he he does born again Christian stuff. Anyway, well, he like he, he apparently like he was like really big into drugs and a few other things, oh. and so like he had to like leave the WWE because he was afraid he was going to die. Oh wow! Well, good on him for. I'm also like just reading his Wikipedia page. Apparently, he was married to Wendy Richter. Really. Yes. Huh. Although, they are divorced. I wonder if she goes, Hi, Poppy. Uh, probably not. Oh, okay. Alright, so, Vince pulls out a ladder randomly from underneath the, underneath the ring. Hogan is now busted open, too, as Vince randomly starts to climb the ladder. I'm just going to pause here. When Vince goes under the ring to... I get that lead pipe. There's this great shot of him glaring at Hogan with just blood dripping down his face as he's holding the lead pipe. It's oh, like we one haven't of the... even got that far yet. Yeah. Are... I thought we were right there. No, you know, this part where he's getting the damn ladder. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, there's a there's a meme actually where as Vince he pops his. This is a great camera where they're like level with the ring. And you see a bloody Vince McMahon just sneering with blood all over his face. Like, wow. That camera angle of the one that's right at ringside, at level with the ring, has caught so many great um, shots of, like, Vince McMahon and Paul Heyman and all sorts of, like, the um, all sorts of people. Um, a friend of mine... I, I was I was telling him that I was I'm a big fan of um, Paul Heyman and then he like looked up Paul Heyman online and there's like this gif of Paul Heyman like rubbing his fingers together and like cackling and licking his lips as CM Punk is applying like the Anaconda Vice to John Cena and he's like is this the person you like? And I'm like <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's like 
That camera angle. I always think of that camera angle at WrestleMania 30 after the Brock Lesnar match. When it's like, oh my God, his reaction. Anyway, spoilers. Anyway. So, yes, he pulls out a ladder and then he just starts randomly climbing the ladder. But uh, Hogan stops him. uh, But Vince beats him up some more. Vince clears off the announce table, and the ladder is placed between the Spanish announce table and the English. Vince cracks a monitor across the face of Hogan. He lays motionless on the Spanish announce table. Vince McMahon then climbs to the top of the ladder, and this is not the normal size ladder. This is like a painter's ladder. Uh, Vince climbs to the top of the ladder, mocks Hogan with his ear pose, and Vince hits a leg drop. From the top of the ladder, as a holy shit chant starts, and Taz stops himself from swearing. Michael Colton loses his mind. The trainers come out, but they're come out, but Hugo Savinovich is busted open. So the trainers are checking on him, not Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan. And they ignore yeah, him. Yeah, no, like, I think... That was like, funny if... as hell. Like, you see this big spot by Vince, and like... Michael Cole's the like, trainers ah! come out in there. Yes! And they just... It's like the Simpsons, when they like... When... Uh, you know, something happens, and they take, like, the less serious of the two. <laughs> like, there's a scene in The Simpsons where uh, Smithers and Monty Burns are riding a tandem bike, but uh, a bee gets into the glass of Smithers, and he's allergic to bee stings. So, Monty Burns hits him with the paper, which causes him to get stung, and his throat swells up. And they bike all over the hospital, and they crash into the entrance. And the ambulance people come running out, and they look at Vin- Smithers, and they look at Vin- at uh, Monty Burns, and they pick up Monty Burns because they figure, oh, he's the older of the two. Yeah, I don't know. I so I thought of these guys like, eh. I met I Vince like wrestled consistently for like another ten years. I can just imagine him trying this when he's like 60. Oh, God. Five instead of 55, and he just breaks a hip. Yes. So the trainers are chucking on Hugo. They ignore Vince and, Ho- uh, Vince and Hogan. Vince finally rolls Hogan in and goes for a cover, but it's only one arm. So Hogan gets a shoulder up. Vince tries for a pro- better proper cover, but Hogan kicks out again. Vince is looking around the outside and pulls out a steel pipe from underneath the ring. As a smiling, bloody face pops up from under the ring. I love that shot. Vince <laughs> hits, goes to hit Hogan with the pipe. But Hogan hits a low blow on Vince McMahon. A man in black then comes out. And it's revealed to be Rowdy Piper. Who we haven't seen because forever. Because of course. Yes. It's WrestleMania, damn it. I'm surprised he wasn't like, Ah, it's my farewell tour. I'm retiring. <laughs> oh, then, I, I forgot that you hate Rowdy. Well, I don't hate Rowdy Piper, but from every time I've seen him at WrestleMania, it's usually because he hasn't been on TV, or he's going to retire, or something or, stupid. Or he's going to be half black. Yeah, that's only that one time. <laughs> so, uh, Rowdy Piper is revealed, and he he kicks Vince, who is down, and he spits on Hogan, and he kicks, but then he kicks Vince in the ass, and he picks up the pipe. He taunts the McMahon. So he basically attacks both men. And then he picks up a pipe. He taunts McMahon with it. But then he turns around and smashes it over the head of Hulk Hogan. Vince McMahon slowly crawls across the ring to a motionless Hogan. One. Two. 
Kick out! Hogan kicks out. Vince is getting angry and can't stand. He sees the pipe. He picks it up. But the ref, Brian Hebner, steps on the pipe. So Vince gets in his face. He throws him out of the ring. Vincent picks up the pipe again and is waving it around. And then Vince is wobbly and then is yelling for Hogan to come on. To come on. More refs come out. Sylvan Grenier, the referee on Vincent Man's payroll, and Brian Sparks is knocked out. Vince hits a leg drop on... all the referees be on Vincent McMahon's payroll? Yeah, but I guess he's a special payroll. Oh, okay. He's on the henchman payroll. I see. I'm surprised Pat Patterson or Jack Briscoe yeah. didn't show up. Where were the Stooges? I don't know, Mr. They come running. They could have ran down and, like, you know, Piper could have, like, decked him or something. Yeah. Uh, Although, maybe... Roddy Piper is kind of weird... He's like weirdly old fashioned, so maybe you wouldn't want to work with Pat Patterson. Maybe. I don't want that gay guy touching me. Yeah. And so, you know what? In the grand scheme of things, we'll, we'll finish. We'll finish. So, uh, Vince Man hits a leg drop on Hogan. He gets a two count. Hogan starts to hulk up out of nowhere. With blood all his face, Hogan hulks up. The crowd is going nuts with a huge you as he points at Vince. McMahon tries for a punch, but it's blocked. Silver and Grenier is then beaten up by Hulk Hogan and thrown out of the ring. Every punch that Hogan hits, the crowd the crowd counts. Hogan then hits a big boot, plays with the crowd, poses for five years, and then finally hits a leg drop on Vince McMahon, and then a second, and then more posing, and then a third. One, two, three. Hulk Hogan wins. Hogan poses as Cole and Taz put over Hogan. Vince McMahon walks out. Sorry, Shane McMahon then walks out in a suit and tie while Hogan's music is still playing. Hogan holds the ropes open for Shane McMahon as Hogan and Shane stare at each other. Uh, but Hogan finally rolls out of the ring. Nothing really happens. And then they were told coming up next is uh, The Rock versus Steve Austin. So, A... Roddy Piper had no influence in this match. <laughs> like, if I was Roddy Piper, I would have picked Vince up by his, you know, his belt loop and, like, laid on top of him as he was trying to pin Hogan. No. He materialized. He, like, showed up, and then he, like, teleported out of the ring to never be seen again. Yeah, it's it's weird because I don't. I think they honestly did Oh, say that again. Say that again. I, oh, I, I think it's. I think it was the weird booking here is because I they weren't sure what they were going to do with Roddy Piper when he returned. Well, that and it was weird because he was like, "Oh, fuck you, Vince. Oh, fuck you, Hogan." And then he like turned on Hogan. But yet Hogan, like the last time we saw Roddy Piper and Hogan, like they were fighting in WCW for Age in the Cage. Right. I don't know. Obviously, it was just. A pop because, oh, hey, someone we saw before. No, I, I get it, so. But yeah, and then that thing with Shane McMahon after, he's like, Shane just randomly walks down. I was like, hey, hey Vince, are you are you dead? Do I do I own the company yet? No, it's, it goes to your sister and her husband. Yep. Damn. Yes. You okay over I don't there? know. It... Damn. Doing mic drops? Oh, me? Yeah, you. 
Oh, I kicked my computer by accident. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But but yeah, I don't know. I thought the match itself was kind of overbooked, but oh, for Hogan and and Vince at this point, they they had to do something like that or else it wouldn't have been entertaining. Well, it was also 20 minutes and 53 seconds long. I mean, Jesus Christ. You could have cut that in half. Sure. But now we get the Mr. America story. Oh, God. Yeah, we do. Anyway. That's Hogan, 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 Hogan. No, no. No, brother. I hate America. And then he lifts up the mask and it's... No, Mr. America can't hate America. <laughs> it's like... There's a scene where he has him hooked up to a lie detector, and he's like, that's Hogan, 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 Hogan. And no, 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 no. And then it's like, oh, he passed the lie detector test. And he, like, flips it up, and it's like, it's actually Hogan. And then he just left the company because he hated the way that he was being booked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's such a Hogan thing to do. Pretty much. All right. Next up. Round three. The Rock vs. Stone Cold Steve Austin. So basically, it's just, you know, Rock came back from his movie, and the only thing he wants to do is beat Steve Austin, and that's what he's going to do. So interestingly, before this match, Stone Cold was incredibly sick and is actually hospitalized. Yeah, like the night before, because he was just having like heart palpitations and stuff like that. Wasn't this the time he was doing the uh, no beer and all that? Like he was court ordered. I I'm not sure about that, but he I, apparently he had drunk a lot of like energy drinks, and then he started having heart palpitations and he was having like an anxiety attack because he didn't he knew going into this that this would be his final match. Yeah, yeah. He probably put but, a lot of pressure on him. The weird thing is, the weird thing is, they didn't advertise it at all. As no, this, like, they the didn't. I mean, they probably didn't think he was serious, or he probably thought he could go on and wrestle more. But you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, this was a definitely different match. The title's not on the line. Um, it's just, hey, you know, we've had these matches, and I want to beat you. Simple as that. Uh, they did talk about uh, earlier that the year prior, after WrestleMania eight uh, night uh, after WrestleMania eighteen, Stone Cold was not happy with the Scott Hall match. Scott Hall would be abruptly fired not too long after that match during the European tour. Yes, yeah, on the plane ride from hell. Yeah, but the thing is, like. I get why Scott Hall was fired because, he, but he actually didn't do anything on that plane ride. He just got incredibly drunk and fell asleep. Yeah, but I mean, I, from what I heard, he was doing that. He was getting drunk at Raw and falling asleep, and yeah, that's not a good look. Well, that's what happens when you accidentally kill somebody and then you don't go to therapy. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, later that year. He was very pissed. Brock Lesnar had just debuted the night after WrestleMania 18. Um, he was getting pushed through the moon. He was he won that year as King of the Ring, and as one of the matches on Raw for a qualifying match was to Brock Lesnar versus Stone Cold with no build up, no nothing. And Steve Austin was like, "Fuck that! That's retarded." 
I'm leaving. And he left. And we yeah, had well, big... it is it is kind of asinine, just the thing. Why is Steve Austin, who won the King of the Ring in 1996, going for it in the year 2002? Yeah. No, I agree. That, like, like, why is he even that... in the freaking thing? Like, he won it. He's proven he can win it. Why? Right. You know. But um, part of this promo, though, was like, I went home, and I, everybody says, I took my ball and went home. And then I got bored sitting at home. So I came back. And I came back to whoop the Rock's ass. Well, there you go. That's the match. That's why we're having the match. Rock comes out to his Hollywood theme with the two-minute helicopter shots. And then is cooking. Bah, 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 bah. Oh, whatever. Austin tries for a stunner early on. But Rock gets out and starts to walk out. But Austin... This is funny. Rock wanted the match. Yeah. And then he goes for a stunner. And Rock just says, fuck this, I'm gone. The <laughs> fuck? Well, he's like... He's like, I can't... He, he... It's like, oh, I thought I could do this, but it doesn't look like I can. Steve right. Austin is too great. Yes. I still get WrestleMania payday. Bye. Well, I showed up, so I get paid. Yeah, there That's you go. That's in my contract. Austin runs down... And clotheslines him. Austin then hit, uh, hits Rock's head across the steel steps. Austin throws Rock crashing into the steel steps. Back uh, in the ring, Austin keeps kick, kicking a downed Rock. Austin then hits a huge clothesline, taking Rock uh, inside out. Rock then hits a running chop block to Steve Austin or to Austin. Rock then works over the left knee of Austin, and then puts Austin in a sharpshooter, which always looks terrible. Well, he just. He just holds the feet wrong. That and he just why is he always if gonna he, yell? Well, he he looks like he's taking a poop. He does. But but if he if he held the feet a little differently, it wouldn't look as bad. Yeah, it's pretty piss poor. Um, Austin eventually makes it to the ring, but Rock continues to work over the knee, wrapping it around the ring post a few times. Rock then puts on the vest of Austin. He grabs some water. He goes back into the ring. Austin comes back. And they hit double clotheslines. Both men get up at eight. Austin comes back and hits the Thuds Press on the Rock. A huge elbow drop to the heart of the Rock. And Rock kicks out at two. Austin then hits stomps to the Rock. And the corner to a what? With every kick, a what happens. So it's bop, bop, bop. What, what, what? It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Rock eventually comes back with a flying clothesline. And a nip up. Uh, Austin hits a rock bottom out of nowhere for a cover, but only gets a two count. Austin gets up and then is motioning for the rock to get up. Rock stumbles around. Austin then kicks rock, but rock blocks it and turns into his own stunner on Austin. Rock goes for the cover. One, two, near fall. Uh, so, uh, but the thing is, rock had an Eric and uh, cover. So if you wouldn't have had an Eric cover, you probably would have beat him. Rock then comes back with bright, uh, big right hands over and over again. But the final big one, Austin Ducks, hits a stunner on the Rock. The Rock barely kicks out as Jim Ross is screaming. Austin shoves the ref. And while he was down, the Rock then hits a low blow on Austin. Rock then sets up for the people's elbow. He removes the elbow pad and ends up missing the people's elbow. Austin then tries for a stunner, but Rock reverses with a spine buster. He then hits the people's elbow. 
Austin then kicks out. Austin slowly gets back to his feet. He stumbles around, walks into a rock bottom again. Austin barely kicks out, and the rock is getting annoyed now. Rock uh, poses for another rock bottom as Austin again slowly starts to get back to his feet. Austin fights out of the uh, rock bottom attempt, spins around for another rock bottom, one, two, and another kick out. This time, Jim Ross is losing it. The the crowd's going nuts. The rock is now angry at this point, walking on the ring, and again sets up for another rock bottom as Austin slowly pulls himself up to his feet. Rock sets up for a rock bottom, but stalls with Austin in his arms, and then finally hits a third rock bottom for the pinfall. Your winner, The Rock. So, um, it went 17 minutes, 52 seconds. I, I get the story they're telling, but there was too much of this. I'm going to hit you with my finisher or with your finisher, and then I'm going to wait for you to get up and then wobble around and wait and pose and this and that. And they kept going back to the well too many times. Yeah, I mean, essentially they went out to the ring and they had them. It was like a, it was like this was like one of the first video games. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, it was just like, hey, let's hit our finishers, and yeah. And and unfortunately, this match itself, I think, is much more um, influential uh, when it comes to current WWE than even the previous two matches, which were heavy, finisher heavy. But like when I see how uh, Brock Lesnar is booked nowadays, I I think that this match had a lot to do with how that actually ended up happening. Yeah, I, I, I wonder that. I like the story, though, where, like, Rock has to, like, f- rock bottom, rock bottom, rock bottom, rock bottom. Like, you can't... Because remember the last time they met was at WrestleMania 17, and Stone Cold had to, like, beat the shit out of the Rock with a steel chair, of all things. Like, repeatedly. Not just... Oh, I'm going to hit you a few times while you're down. It was like, no, beat the shit out of him, like, rip, you know, 15, 20 chair shots. Right, um, right, yeah. You know, to put down the rock. Uh, obviously, they didn't really play off any of their previous encounters, no of the same moves, or, oh, remember they tried that move, and the last time the rock hit it all, but this time he moved out of the way because he remembered. No, nothing like that. And it could have been two because, I mean, I couldn't imagine being in Stone Cold Shoes where... You were in the freaking hospital thinking, you know, hey, I'm having a panic attack or I'm hurt or whatever the situation, you know, all that stuff going on. And then you have to do this competitive match. Like, I'm not going to take anything away. I just think looking on the basis, I don't think this match was that great. I, I understand the story. It was an easy story. I understand the match. But it's like. I, I kind of felt like they were kind of like bullshitting on their mo- on their finisher. Like, oh, my finisher's not good enough, so I'm going to hit yours. Right. Or I'm going to try to embarrass you with your finisher move as of as, as beating you. And you know what's interesting is that I, I mentioned before that this is kind of right back in the last match. He has one Goldberg. Um, but Austin thought that Rock was going to stay around. And that's why he was okay with putting Rock over here. Honestly, he, I... Oh, so go ahead, finish up. Finish, well, he thought he was passing the torch on to the next big star, basically. Oh. See, I could I could say just 
Austin not caring. Like, this is my last match. Just do whatever. I don't see Austin being one of those people who is like, oh, the business. I got to do what's right. Oh, like, obviously, he cares. He walked out of the freaking WWF, but he, that had more to do with. He was unhappy oh. with his, with his storylines. He obviously cared, but I would think like someone like him and The Rock, you know, they've been doing matches together since like '96. At that point, known each other for a long time, professionally and personally, probably at this point, he probably was thinking to himself, "Who better than The Rock? This guy's a million bucks. He's gonna be the future. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna step in where I came." Where I was. And then little did he know. No. Nah, either. Peace out. Go back to Hollywood. Gonna go be a megastar. Fast Furious 9, bitches. Or 11, or whatever they're up to now. Well, he just had that movie with Jason Statham. And you have to say it that way. You have to say Jason Statham's name that way every Ah. time you say it. Okay. All right. We're getting there, man. We're getting there. We're getting there. we We have, what, one more match? Yep. Oh, man, we're an hour and 44 minutes into this beast. Well, we just like to really talk a lot. We do. Now it's time for the main event. Michael Cole and Taz is shown on. And someone's holding a WrestlingVigors.com sign. How much they got paid for that? WWE Championship match. Brock Lesnar versus the champion, Kurt Angle. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, oh, this is the main event. Holy crap. SmackDown got top billing. Lesnar's ribs are all taped up. Once Lesnar's in the ring, both men get face-to-face. Um, the bell rings, and both men lock up. Actually, sorry, before I get into this, uh, do you want to talk about the build-up at all? Yeah, I mean, we can talk a little bit about it. I mean, there are a lot of... Um... Basically, they're both they're both really good amateur wrestlers. Yes, Brock Lesnar is in his uh, freshman year of being a WWE uh, superstar. He has beaten pretty much everybody he's come up against. Uh, He has um, defeated Hulk Hogan, um, caused him to bleed all over the place. Um, He won the King of the Ring. And basically, Kurt Angle is the only person standing in his way. Um, That was cool on SmackDown one week. They were going to face off, and they go to fight, and uh, they introduce Eric Angle. His... Well, there's a reason for that, why that happened, because basically Kurt's neck is, like, screwed up at this point. He His neck is basically being held together with silly putty and, and a paperclip, and... Th- he can't have any sort of interaction with Brock for this buildup. Not, not a whole lot. So they were going to do some sort of uh, match between the two. Um, Brock starts beating up who he thinks is Kurt Angle, but it, no, it's his, it's his brother and Kurt is able to. Yeah. They get in the corner and uh, Brock and the light ref are distracted and he rolls out of the ring and then a new guy comes in and Brock Lesnar starts fighting and then stops fighting and everyone's confused like why isn't he attacking Kurt Angle and then we find out it's it's his brother it's Eric Angle but yeah so 
Anyway. Who doesn't really look that much like Kurt, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, good enough, though. Angle gets the front headlock, and Brock Lesnar hits a, uh, a fireman. Uh, a fireman. Wait, what? Angle hits a front headlock, and Brock Lesnar hits a fireman scary. Oh, uh, that's my fault. Fireman scary. Uh, fireman scary. Yeah. Oh, no. The way I wrote it, I wrote fireman scary. <laughs> Whoops. What the fuck? Oh, no, uh, that fireman is very scary. He yes. has an axe. Yes. So they both do amateur wrestling. The crowd claps as both men get to their feet. Brock Lesnar uh, press slams Kurt Angle and then is whipped into the corner, but Angle gets a boot to the gut. And then an angle hits a German suplexes on the Lesnar, and then gets to the top rope and knocks him out of the ring. Like this is so crazy. We think of Brock now, where he's like basically untouchable, and here, like he's selling, he's getting German suplexed. Just crazy. There are weird camera cuts as Angle hits a back suplex. Uh, they then keeps attacking Lesnar and applies a bow and arrow stretch. As Taz tells us about what it feels like being in the bow and arrow stretch. That's kind of the stuff I miss from today. Like, that's what I liked about Taz. He would actually explain, like, here's why this move is being applied. Here's how it's applied. And here's what it does when it's applied the right way. Yeah, but Vince won't allow that to happen anymore. Yeah, and now today it's, oh, he got the big dog growl. Oh. Yes, oh, the big dog. It's dog time yes <laughs> like whatever every time uh, somebody enters the uh, the ring uh to cole it's it's that person's hey, time hey Corey, hey hey you can buy the big dog growls t-shirt on donateshop.com or yeah no it's like bailey comes out it's hug time yes sasha banks come out it's boss time <laughs> oh no it's dog time every yes. time roman reigns comes out and then when it's uh, Drew McIntyre's turn to come out, it's psychopath time. Like, you know, it's like whatever. It's like they're just trying to have all these catchphrases and it's ridiculous. Yes, yes. <clears throat> but, you know, it's interesting when Vince isn't in Michael Cole's ear, like oh, when he was at the good. UK championship thing, they were able, he was able to do what he did with taz here so michael cole understands how to do his job he just isn't allowed to do it yeah no i get it so brock lesnar's face is turning bright pink and red as lesnar's well choked because brock lesnar either has to turn bright pink or purple in his matches it is a requirement yes of a bork laser match so he's being choked out by angle as brock appears to eddie mike tap Lesnar gets to his knees, but Angle won't let go. Angle then is wrapped around Brock, throwing Angle into each turnbuckle, and Angle is finally let. Fi- Angle finally lets go as Lesnar starts to attack, but Angle comes back with the belly-to-belly over-the-head suplex on Lesnar. Think about that. Brock Lesnar being thrown over a for a belly-to-belly overhead suplex. Yeah. Uh, he gets a flying knee to the back, uh, and then a second one knocks him outside. Lesnar then hits a spine buster after being rolled back into the ring. Angle hits a rolling German suplexes, and then hits all three, and then a fourth, 
angle attempts an angle slam, but Brock Lesnar uh, blocks it and tries to hit it at five, but angle blocks it and turns it into an ankle lock. Angle then applies a single leg Boston Crab as Brock yells in pain. Brock eventually makes it to the ropes. Angle starts hitting running knees to the back, but on the floor, or sorry, but on the second one, Lesnar back body drops Angle to the outside. This gives time for Lesnar to catch his breath, but Angle gets in and hits a release German suplex, flipping Lesnar over in midair, having him land face first onto the mat. He then hits an angle slam, but Lesnar kicks out. At this point, no one is kicked out of the Lesnar or out of the angle slam, so that's a that's a first. Oh, so now he's angry because he kicked out. Like what the hell? I won with that move. Lesnar gets back to his feet, and he then and then Angle tries for another angle slam, but Brock hits a cradle for a two. Lesnar then picks up Angle and hits a massive F5 as Angle kicks out of the F5 again. This is the first time someone's kicked out of the F5. So now both moves have been kicked out of. Both Taz and Michael Cole are flabbergasted. Like, what What now? What can happen now? Lesnar picks up Angle, but Angle slips behind and applies another angle lock, angle lock onto Lesnar in the middle of the ring. Brock tries to crawl, but Angle pulls him back and then wraps himself around the leg to stop Lesnar from crawling to the ropes. After some time, Lesnar drags Angle with him, that's still wrapped around, to the ropes. Lesnar then gets out and then kicks Angle off of him. Both men get to their feet. Brock tries for an F5, but Angle turns into a small package. Angle then tries for an Angle Slam, but Brock turns into an F5. He hits the F5 in the middle of the ring. Brock isn't going for the cover, though. He is looking around, and then he crawls to the ring apron and starts to slowly climb the top rope. We don't see Brock Lesnar ever go to the top rope. Brock gets to, to the top rope, and he goes for a shooting star press, but he doesn't get the full rotation. He lands terribly on his neck as my, uh, Taz just yells, Oh my God! Like, he well, legit because, thought he yeah, was dead. Yeah, because Taz has broken his neck, so he knows, yes. like, he's just like, Jesus. And there's actually a video you can find on YouTube from, of all places, jacked. It was Brock Lesnar and I think it was Shelton Benjamin versus, like, I forget who, some no-name tag team. They ba- they both come out to Limp Biscuit. For their theme music. And he actually hits a shooting star press for the win. It was his finishing move in OVW. I just wonder by then if he was just tired or his foot slipped or he just overthought. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like he was doing this week to week anymore. Not anymore, no. And it was probably the tiredness because, like, this is a long match. Yes. And. Brock Lesnar doesn't do long matches, no. generally. So, Angle goes for the cover, and Lesnar kicks out at two. Lesnar then picks up Angle and hits a third F5 on Angle. Brock places an arm over Angle and picks up the win. Your new WWE champion, Brock Lesnar. So this Bork match, laser. This match went 21 minutes and 7 seconds. Bork, bork. 
pork porn. Yeah, it was awesome. The botch shooting shooting star press. Probably the most memorable thing of the entire match. Yes, super scary. Probably would have killed anybody else. Oh yeah, just crazy. Just gave Brock Lesnar a concussion. Yep. And yeah, they've done documentaries. I say they WWE about this move about angle angle said like i think they said like he got to the back and he was really hot and then he started like losing like feeling and then like he like actually like legit collapsed and yeah it wasn't good well kurt angle was like think kurt angle has said he he saw that and he goes God, he just broke his neck, and now nobody's going. Now there's two WWE champions with a, with a broken neck, and they're not going to know what to do now. Yeah. Luckily, Brock wasn't that badly hurt. No, and I wonder what the mat. I wonder if it's going to be just a, uh, uh, you know, a shooting star press, you know, because then that obviously seeing Brock. Yeah, no, the it, finish. The original finish was just going to be the shooting star press. Okay, so good on good on them for improvising. I mean, obviously. Uh, Brock had his bell rung, but they have both had the wear. I thought it'd be like, okay, shit. Uh, I'll I'll try for a cover. You just hit the F five, boom, bam, done. So yeah. All right. What did you think of the match, though? I thought it was awesome. I I love watching Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle work. Um, no, these two get the most out of each other. Like nobody has gotten any. A better match out of Brock Lesnar than Kurt Angle has. Kurt Angle has had better matches like Don Michaels and a few other people, mm-hmm. but these two are like pretty close to the perfect opponents for for each other. And yeah, Brock Lesnar sells more. He does better work than for Kurt than just about anybody else. I mean, the only other person that could get a comparable match out of him was probably maybe the undertaker. So I, I love this match. It's great. Yeah. I Even really, with the really enjoyed it. I just love seeing just German suplexes or release overhead belly to belly. I just love that. I love those moves because they're so impressive. And especially as someone of Brock's size. All right. Um, what was your favorite match of the night? Um, probably the Kurt Angle Lesnar match. Um, I I would also say that I enjoyed the uh, Kogan uh, Vince match a lot. I like the tag match. the The triple threat that was probably my favorite. Uh, with yeah, I would probably say yeah, Hogan or not Hogan. I'm uh, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle, second. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed the card, though. It, it flowed. There wasn't too much shenanigans. Yeah, he had the Miller Catfight Girls, but that wasn't about the extent of it. You know what I mean? It wasn't a, like, match to the back, match to the back, match to the back. You know, interview, interview, interview. No, it was just match, match, match. Get it done. All right, would you like to find out what the star ratings are? Yeah, what did... Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, have to say. All right. Oh, yeah, Matt Hardy and Rey Mysterio, too, was pretty good, too. No, yeah, that was a very good match. 
Uh, so Matt Hardy, Rey Mysterio got two and a quarter stars. Undertaker versus Big Show and Adrian got one and a quarter star. The Triple Threat Women's Match got two and a quarter star. Charlie ha- the triple the triple threat tag team match got three stars. Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels got four and a quarter stars. Booker T versus Triple H got three and a quarter stars. Uh, Hogan versus Vince got three stars. Stone Cold versus uh, Rock got four stars. And Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar got four and a quarter stars. Well, there you go. Yeah, uh, this this was interesting. I recently heard a um, Wrestling Observer radio from directly after this pay-per-view. And it was interesting because uh, Brian Alvarez and, and Dave were talking about it, and Brian was there live because he lives in that area. Yeah, yeah, he's from... Uh that area i gotta go back and listen to this and he said that um it was very sad that every like he was at a, like a bar that was attached to the, to the field but everybody mo or he said most people left after the stone cold steve austin rock match really instead, yeah because those were the stars they didn't yeah. know kurt angle and brock or just didn't care because these are two new well kurt angle's been around but yeah do you think it was, uh, I mean, obviously you always want to put the, I mean, usually you want to put the WWE title on last because that's your most important title. Right. Do you think they did something? Do you think they should have put Steve Austin rock on last? No, I don't. Because if you had at like last year, if you had asked, oh, should have Hogan had should Hogan Rock have been on last? The answer would have been yes. Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar was probably the best match on the show. That was the main event. There's there's no denying it. And and even though there is a lot of emotional um stuff tied to the Rock mm-hmm. um Austin match, it if that had been on last, it something would have felt off. I think. I think they would have had the show their hand like this is. I think the only way you could have put it on last, if if they would have said, "Oh, this is Austin's last match," you know what I mean? Yeah. If they had, if they had actually advertised that, and I could still they... see Rock going over. I right. could see him doing the same. You know, oh, hold up the hand. Thank you, thank you. Okay, the ring's yours, and he drinks beer and does a spiel. You right. go off the you go off the mat, you go off the pay per view with, you know, oh thank you. You know, JR going over there, oh thank you, Steve. Thank you, all these wonderful years of Texas Rattlesnake, blah 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 blah. You know, whatever. You know, feel good moment. But yeah, I mean at the end of the day, like all we got was a, a recap video package and that was that. That's a bummer to hear. I didn't realize that. I don't understand why you spend all that money to go to WrestleMania and then be like, okay, I'm done. Bye. Well, he said he was at a, like a bar that was like near the stadium. So maybe, maybe they didn't have to pay as much. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
Fair enough. Um, overall, what do you think about this WrestleMania? I think this is one of the most underrated WrestleManias. Not. I would agree with you. Um, when I think of good WrestleManias, 19 really doesn't come to mind. But it's a really good show. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I mean, with the exception of the Miller Lite catfight girls, can you name one match that was bad on this show? Um, I would probably say the the handicap match. Okay, so the handicap match. But otherwise, no, it was a very watchable show. I could definitely see they're in transition. Like, we're finally out of the... the, the a lot of the Attitude Era stars are now gone. And now we're very much into... We have some WCW stars who were younger. You know, we didn't have... I mean, yeah, Hulk Hogan was still there. We didn't have Kevin Nash on the... We didn't have Sean... You know, we didn't have Scott Hall. We didn't have... You know what I mean? Like... They had the, I feel like it's a transition of like, hey, we're rebuilding our stars again. We're rebuilding, we're repopulating our roster. And now we're looking at lighter guys. We're looking at more technical wrestling. We're looking at, you know, this, that, and the other. See, I, I really think it's funny that you're saying that because I agree with you. Son, but, but then you I, still have people like, you know, Rock, Austin, Benoit, uh, you know, Eddie, Shawn sure. Michaels, Chris Jericho, I mean, like, established stars. Um, right. No, well, I was I was going to say that I, I I totally agree with what you're saying on 100%. I'll, I'll send you that link to the um, Wrestling Observer thing, but the um, Brian Alvarez and, and uh, Dave Meltzer were both complaining about this show. They said it was very good and they don't have any complaints, but the, the, this show proves that WWE is becoming WCW. Wow! In twenty in two thousand three, yes. Give me a break. No, you could you could say that now. No, you could say that now, definitely. No, it's just funny to go back and listen to this old stuff when you're like, did we really think that? I mean, like, I wasn't an observer, listener by any means. I I heard about the observer. I heard about Dave Meltzer through the law. He was there Hmm. weekly, but um. Yeah, that's funny. I'm, I'm interested to go back and listen to that. But all right, WrestleMania 19 is in the books. We're now making a headway towards WrestleMania 20, where it all begins again. Last WrestleMania to take place in Madison Square Garden. Yep. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. You can leave us feedback on iTunes or our website, Reviewamania.com And send us emails at reviewamania at gmail.com There you go. Alright guys, this is Rob and Zach signing off. Until next time. Boom!